Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Tended to play a little too much hero ball. It's a no-brainer selection for Jacksonville. I believe he is a true leader in every sense of the word. I just fear for your fan base that that's what's going to happen. You are listening to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Day for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey, as we take you through the first round and beyond of the NFL Draft. I am Brian Peacock, NFL analyst, host of Locked On 49ers here on the network, as well as the Peacock and Williamson Show, my co-host for that show, and for this event, none other than former college and pro scout with an insane amount of insight. Matt Williamson, you can also find his work at theprofootballnetwork.com. We're continuing with our Ultimate Mock Draft here with input from over 70 experts from our Locked On NFL and College channels, our Locked On NFL Draft shows, and of course, our incredible lineup of Odyssey NFL insiders that include some former players, reporters, Hall of Famers in there. And remember... When the NFL Draft rolls around on April 29th, we've also got you covered with a live draft show with the Draft Network. You can watch that on the Locked On NFL YouTube page and listen live on the Odyssey app. Okay, we've got pick 18, Matt, on deck here. We're rolling through pick 22 on today's show. Uh, We've got a couple more shows after this to finish it up, and we'll hear from every single team, even those who don't have first-round picks. I happen to know for sure that there are phones ringing. We'll see if... (laughs) Any trades finally do get done. I've been teasing some trades. I thought some were going to get done in the past uh, um, on this mock draft. None have happened yet, but but I feel good about something, maybe some movement here. I don't know what player that will be for, but right now we have the Miami Dolphins next making their second selection today, then the Washington football team, followed by Chicago, Indianapolis, and then Tennessee finishing up today's program at number 22. What are your thoughts so far on this mock and what we might see today, Matt? Quite the introduction, which just goes to show how big of a project this is and how many contributors from far and near we have going and how much fun it's been for the first couple episodes. Uh, we got the first team on the clock now that has, you know, multiple picks. You know, that that's interesting to me with the Dolphins. I think it's been really well thought out and all the picks have made a lot of sense to me. I mean, this is something that the whole network is taking very seriously. I love the people that are most plugged in and have spent the most time thinking about their teams for years are making these selections, and they make these picks for a reason. I think if I had to point to something, it would be the lack of trades for a quarterback because I thought that might happen, and someone like Mac Jones sliding down in New England at 15, and I think it was Trey Lance falling to pick eight to Carolina. Those are the two picks that were the most surprising because I thought there was room for a little bit of pizzazz there, a little bit of movement but um, no dice quarterbacks falling into the hands of folks that were sitting back and and ready to take a quarterback but not really ready to give up anything extra for them Hey everybody, Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak here from Locked On NFL Draft. Here to talk about our biggest moves that we saw in the first 17 picks here in this ultimate mock draft. Ben, for me, it's the Arizona Cardinals getting Caleb Farley at number 16. You and I have talked about this before on the podcast. We love Caleb Farley. The back injuries, okay, you know, the the couple of back surgeries that he has going in the NFL, that's why he's likely not going to be a top 10, top 12 pick, but getting him here at 16 for the Cardinals to take this risk on him, I think this has huge payoffs for them. So I love this move to get Caleb Farley at number 16 for the Cardinals. Absolutely, yeah. And I remember when we did our mock draft series, right? We talked with uh, Alex about this Cardinals pick and about the insistence that they get a corner, right? And so I think that, 
Farley being such a high ceiling pick is a warranted investment, both short term and long term for a team that's trying to compete. Mine is an exclusively long term investment. It's Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, who's yeah. one of the highest ceiling prospects in this draft. He goes to Carolina where the Panthers decided we have Sam Darnold. We traded for him, but we understand that's that's a, a long bet. So we're going to take another big time bet. Huge swing at the plate in a developmental quarterback like Trey Lance. Don't have to start him in year one. Could start him if they need to. Maybe year two. Whatever the situation demands, they'll be able to give him that time. And as I said, he's a super high ceiling player. Could be a bright quarterback future for the Panthers. Lance and Farley, two big swings of the bat. I know we're going to have a lot more as we get on with this draft. So let's get right to it. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Dudes podcast. And Kyle, as we get into the second half of this first round, a lot of good football players left on the board. As oh, yeah. I look over at the draftnetwork.com and the player rankings, some names really stand out. Defensive end Jalen Phillips from Miami. You've got linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State, who's been a difficult player to peg to this point in the process. Even another good linebacker in Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from, uh, from Notre Dame. So there's some good players left, even some offensive linemen left on the board that uh, some teams should be quite interested in. Yeah, I think the the Micah Parsons one is really interesting. You know, at the start of the season, he was generally perceived to be a top five, six player in this year's draft. But uh, you get into positional value and and Micah Parsons not playing in 2020. And and that kind of has created this uh, murky projection and forecast for the actual draft. Uh, I'd mentioned Tevin Jenkins as well, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, who is uh, really, really nasty in the run game. Somebody is is really going to enjoy adding him to their offensive line. Uh, but I, I, I think the other one is Jalen Phillips, as you mentioned, who five-star recruit, really high-profile player coming out of the prep level. And he reminded everybody after a medical retirement for why he was as highly coveted as he is, uh, him being on the board may be a testament to some of those medical concerns, but if you were just basing it off the film, this is one of the best players, maybe the best player uh, defensively in this year's draft. With that, we're off and running here on day four with the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Krabs making his second appearance drafting for Miami. Uh, he's made numerous appearances already as one of the draft dudes as well. So let's talk once again with Kyle Krabs, who's ready with the selection at pick 18 for the Miami Dolphins in the ultimate mock draft. Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins, and with the 18th pick in the Locked On 2021 mock draft, the Miami Dolphins select running back Najee Harris from the University of Alabama. The Dolphins' running game struggled greatly in 2020, despite the team making significant investments into both the offensive line and the offensive backfield. This offense is engineered to space you out but simultaneously run the football between the tackles. Najee Harris coming out of the Alabama offense is the perfect running back to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and simultaneously take advantage of light boxes as the Dolphins look to stretch and space the field thanks to some of their additional offseason acquisitions, including wide receiver Will Fuller and wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Okay, we've got running backs. I don't want to take over this mock draft with my soapbox of anti running back rants Matt but this is way too early for me I love Najee Harris I I knew about him from his high school days in California he was a stud prospect a five-star from way back which if you're going to be a starting running back for Alabama early in your career you probably are a five-star recruit from somewhere and he fits the mold of past Alabama running backs I just don't see it I don't think running backs add enough wins to your team I think we don't even have a 40 time on him. I think he, I don't necessarily think he's a plotter. I think he's a complete back. He's a three down type back, but running backs get hurt too often. And there's, they're too replaceable. There's too many good running backs you can get later in drafts. I think they could have had an impact defender here. I think they could have had other playmakers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, a number of different ways you can go if you're Miami at pick 18 to set yourself up to make a bigger impact, in my opinion, than running back, even though Najee Harris might clearly be the best running back in this class. I just don't value running backs this high. I, I absolutely hear what you're saying, and I'm a little shocked as well. I mean, you just grabbed two Bama guys with Jalen Waddle and Harris to surround the former Bama guy, Tua, you know, make him as comfortable as possible Ooh, with a lot yeah. of familiar faces. Um, but uh, Tevin Jenkins still being on, on the board there, I, I might have gone tackle and just, you know, as a masher. That offensive line has not gotten enough attention this offseason. And I mentioned four linebackers at the start of the show that are all 
Stifford, you know, I mean, Micah Parsons, JOK, uh, Zayvon Collins. I mean, they like a very versatile defensive front seven type guy in the Belichick mold. I thought all those guys would have fit the bill well. Absolutely. Armando Salguero has also been busy here with a lot of players going from this area of the country, a lot of Miami Dolphins picks so far. So, Armando, what are your thoughts on the Najee Harris, Alabama running back selection to the Miami Dolphins? It could be argued that picking a running back with the 18th overall pick is too early. But some of those same people that said that also said that Derrick Henry, also out of Alabama, runs too upright or is too much of a straight line runner. And last I looked, he just gained 2,000 yards in a season. So I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe trick. Najee Harris doesn't have a top gear. He is not going to deliver 60 or 70 yard runs in the NFL. But he's a 230 pound back who runs decisively and rarely fumbles. That's what the Dolphins need because they are one of only four teams in the NFL last year that averaged less than four yards per carry when they ran the football. Harris also did something that was pretty impressive this year, and that was he worked diligently on his pass catching. And he is one of the better pass catchers out of the backfield in this draft. He has good ball skills. He has soft hands. All combined, pass catching, strong, decisive runner. He's a force multiplier for the Miami Dolphins offense. No one can guarantee that the Bama Trio will pan out for the Miami Dolphins as individuals. Obviously, they will all write their own script uh, for 2021 and beyond. But collectively, they make sense for the Dolphins offense that lacked talent, lacked playmakers, and lacked big plays in 2020. The idea that Tua Tungavailoa entering his second year is going to make a jump from his rookie year that makes sense, specifically when you consider the fact that there will be a preseason, there will be an offseason program, and he's not coming off a terrible injury like he was last year. The addition of Harris and Waddle, those two additions improve the two biggest needs that the Dolphins had, which was improving the running game and improving the passing game and getting a deep threat down the field, which the Dolphins did not have last season. So the idea of the three of them collectively upgrading the Dolphins offense, that makes a lot of sense. Matt, we've got an intersection of probably the three most busy analysts here, aside from you and I in this mock draft with Kyle making the pick again, with Armando breaking it down again, and now going to Luke Robinson, the host of Locked On Bama, the fifth Alabama player off the board in 18 (laughs) picks here. You're wondering why they're hoisting national championship trophies all the time? Well, this is why. Just stud prospect after stud prospect. Luke Robinson, what are your thoughts on the career of Najee Harris at Alabama? Hey, everybody. Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. I want to talk about Najee Harris right here. Fantastic human being. Really great kid. On top of being a Doke Walker award-winning running back. He easily could have been SEC Player of the Year any other year that there's not a Mac Jones or Devontae Smith in the conference. Um, He had over 1,450 yards playing an all-SEC schedule and then playing against Notre Dame and Ohio State. That tells you a little bit about him. He's not a breakaway threat. He had his longest career run of 53 yards against Notre Dame uh, in his second-to-last game of his career. But uh, And before that, it was only 42 yards. But he will always get yardage. And he's also a fantastic threat out of the backfield. He's very known for leaping over defenders. He can get around defenders. He can spin. He can juke. He just doesn't have that top-end speed that a lot of running backs have. But in the NFL, I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal. Um, You don't see a lot of breakaway runs in that league anyway. But Najee Harris, solid pickup, even solid uh, human being. He's just a, a great player and a great person. Matt, one of those teams that we thought coming into this could be the one that makes a move for a quarterback. They added Fist Magic in the free agency period. Taylor Heineke's there. I don't know what to expect from this group of quarterbacks. A rookie quarterback could have really made sense here. So looking at what Ron Rivera is building, they're a team that their record wouldn't put them at pick 19 normally, but they did make the playoffs in the worst division in the NFL that probably hurt their ability to go up and get a quarterback. 
staying at 19, what kind of a selection do you expect here from Washington now that most likely there's not a quarterback that fits for them at this portion of the draft? Yeah, and I would think that they, you know, work the phone lines, try to get up, you know, especially when Mac Jones fell a little bit, he would have fit in fine. Um, I mentioned Tevin Jenkins before. It's a big mashing offensive lineman that I'm high on. I feel like this offensive line is one offensive lineman away from really being good. Uh, so I would strongly consider him. And then on defense, I kind of feel like it's a linebacker away from being really good because they, they're quite good now in the secondary. They're awesome up front. So somebody in that middle middle of the field area, maybe that is JOK. You see him mock to Washington a fair amount. But Micah Parsons usually isn't available either. I mean, I still like Zayvon Collins, Jamie Davis. So um, I would think those are the two directions. After adding Curtis Samuel, could they add yet another weapon, like a Bates or a Tony or something like that? I guess it's possible, but I think the other directions make more sense. Yeah, let's see. Do you make a strength a strength, or do you try to uh, add some more firepower to what you already have on the offensive side of the ball and try to make the quarterbacks in-house play up a little bit? Let's find out. The pick is in. The Washington football team, War Room, ready to go with the selection at 19 in the Ultimate Mock Draft. What's up, guys? David Harrison here of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast to announce the 19th selection in the 2021 Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. And with the 19th pick, the Washington football team selects inside linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. And when I look at Micah Parsons, when I looked at the board, he's the best player available. And I have to honestly say I'm a little bit surprised to see him still sitting there available at 19. But when you look at what the Washington football team has already done this offseason, upgrading the secondary, they've already got a nice pass rush in the defensive front going for them, bringing back offensive lineman Brandon Scherf, bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick to be a nice, steady veteran presence in the quarterback room, and then adding to their wide receiver core. This move just makes even more sense for what Washington is trying to do and what head coach Ron Rivera is trying to build to eventually turn over to another quarterback, whether it be a veteran that they sign in free agency later on down the road or make a trade for, or a rookie that they draft later on, even possibly this year, and develop to become the long-term starter in the nation's capital. Keeping a strength to strength on the defensive side of the football, Matt, trying to build a powerhouse unit there. Micah Parsons, the first linebacker in this draft off the board, top 10 talent, falls to 19. I understand why you would go there if you are Washington and there was no quarterback worth taking. So make it easier for those quarterbacks, make them have to score less points, right? And turn this into a powerhouse defense that is a nightmare to play against for other teams in the NFC East. Right. I mean, this. It could potentially be the best defense in the league. You know, I mean, Micah Parsons, I don't want to say he's Chase Young as a prospect, but in terms of just raw ability, he's on that level. And you add that kind of guy yet again to this defense. I mentioned that the secondary looks better than it did a year ago. Uh, the defensive line is phenomenal. Uh, Washington should be competitive this year. I mean, we'll see what Fitz brings. I know he's been better the last couple of years, but there is some up and down to his game without question. And, you know, maybe would you consider a second round quarterback? Uh, maybe here. Yeah, add some competition there. Get lucky, yeah. maybe. And if you have a long term powerhouse defense, you need your quarterback to do less. So that's probably mm -hmm. the theory here for Ron Rivera. Parsons, who, by the way, what is it? 6'2, 240 something pounds, ran a 4'3, even if it's a fast track at Penn State. I mean, this guy can flat out go get ball carriers. Yeah, and think of the, the success that Rivera had with Luke Keekley, you know, for all those years in Carolina. It's the foundational every down linebacker. Parsons could have that kind of career. I mean, he has, a, he has a, the skill set. Breaking down the NFC East for us here is Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer. Your thoughts on the addition of a linebacker, Micah Parsons, to Washington at 19 overall. Listen, if Washington isn't going to move up the board and get their quarterback of the future, then the next best thing to do is to stack a young defense that will stop any and everybody. You put Michael Parson on that young Washington football team's defense with led by Chase Young up front. Now they have the ability to win games by stopping you from scoring. And then ask Ryan Fitzpatrick just to do a little bit of fist magic. Kevin McGuire doing work over on the college side of the Locked On Podcast Network covering the Nittany Lions. He has insight into what sort of player Micah Parsons was on the college level and how that translates into the NFL. 
I'm Ken McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions, and Micah Parsons may be the best linebacker to come out of Penn State since LeVar Arrington. Yes, Paul Pozlozny and Sean Lee have made their way through Happy Valley, but Micah Parsons brings a similar style and similar physical physique to LeVar Arrington. He brings the speed, and he has defensive awareness that will be key to any defense looking to improve on its defensive side at the linebacker position. So if you're getting a linebacker in Micah Parsons, who are you getting? Yeah, he sat out the 2020 season due to health concerns, but he hasn't skipped a beat. He's in top physical form as his pro day at Penn State displayed, and he is going to be a beast at the next level. Very smart, very aware of what's going on around him, very tough to stop. Micah Parsons, the best linebacker to come out of Penn State since LeVar Arrington. All right, Matt, two picks down. The Chicago Bears on the clock at 20, and a little old-school vibes starting out on day four here, right? A running back and an old-school linebacker. I mean, I guess not old-school because of how athletic he is. He's not a 250-pound thumper. This dude can fly in Micah Parsons and an every-down back in Najee Harris, but you could see a guy like Najee Harris and Micah Parsons, if we were doing this draft 15 years ago, these are top five picks. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they absolutely would be. Uh, they do have an old-school feel. They're both big, bruising, downhill players. Harris brings a lot in the passing game, though, as a, as a receiver. I think he's just tapping the, into that. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a really good one. And Parsons has all kinds of ability as a pass rusher as well as defending the pass. But you're right. There is a, a physicality and you know, those positions for big people at those positions is an old-school way of you know looking at it. Lauren Cox with... The Chicago Bears, the host of Locked on Bears, is on the clock now. Pick 20. Chicago Bears next. Hey, everyone. Trevor and Ben from Locked on NFL Draft here again to recap these two picks that we just heard. Number 18 overall, the Miami Dolphins going with Najee Harris. And then number 19 overall, you watch the football teams picking Micah Parsons. I'll start talking about Najee Harris. I mean, this is probably the ceiling for Harris, right? Getting him in the first round. We figure that that's probably going to happen, but ooh, top 20. Get a running back in the top 20 is pretty spicy. But when you look at Miami, I mean, they've got a ton of picks over the next couple of years. They've had a ton of picks before. Now might be time to go invest in the running back position. I think this is a little early, but I understand why Kyle made this pick. It, it, this is the position that they really want to upgrade. It's a guy who's familiar with Tua Tagovailoa himself. And so I guess that you've got a lot of reliability there. you got to get Tua comfortable. I get it because it's Najee Harris, although I do still think the running back is a bit early here at number 18. Right, and 19 for the the Washington football team, and this is another non-premium position, but I do think it's an important one. That Washington defense is ready in the front four, and it's ready in the back four, the linebacker position, where they've had a couple guys leaving free agency that need to replace Kevin Pierre-Lewis, John Bostick's on an expiring contract. They need a running mate for Cole Holcomb. And Michael Parsons brings unbelievable size to yeah. play next to a little bit of a smaller player in Cole Holcomb. Uh, can he be a thumper between the tackles? Is he physical enough to fill that Mike linebacker role? I think so. But this is a raw and ascending player, so you do have a year behind Bostic to get him up to speed. I think that's an appropriate, smart pick. Keep that defense strong. It'll keep you in a lot of games this year. Miami and Washington really hitting those needs pretty hard at 18 and 19. Chicago Bears at number 20 coming up next. A lot of the things I said about the Washington football team sitting there at 19 in this draft, thinking maybe they could go quarterback. Make it, maybe they can make a move for a signal caller. I think the Bears, right after him at pick 20, in the exact same spot, only knowing even if you know somehow a quarterback starts to slip, they at least got to get in front of 19. So like, the Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback unless they go up. They know that for sure, even if there's some tumble for some passer, most likely. Similar situation, one-year stopgap guy Andy Dalton in Chicago now to battle with Nick Foles. I don't think that prevents you from doing anything at quarterback. They did not do anything at quarterback. I can't see one going here. Maybe you could talk yourself into one of these other quarterbacks slipping into the back end of round one, but 20 is just way too high. So what direction do the Chicago Bears go here since we know this is most likely not a quarterback? The two names that jump out at me, and I keep mentioning Tevin Jenkins, I think their offensive line needs help. I mean, they've gotten a lot out of not putting a lot of resources into the line, but adding a first-round talent I think would certainly be beneficial. Um, Newsom still being available from north nearby Northwestern. You know, their corner, all of a sudden, they need to need a cornerback in a big mm -hmm. way. And I guess pass catchers would be in the equation as well. I mean, Allen Robinson probably only has one more year in Chicago. Let's find out who the selection is. Lauren Cox ready with the selection at pick 20 in the Ultimate Mock Draft. I'm Lauren Cox from the Locked On Bears podcast. And with the 20th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select 
Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. I tried to trade up in our mock draft. I had negotiations for the number four and number five picks. Couldn't get a deal done, so I had to sit at 20. Hope that a top offensive line or cornerback prospect might fall. Neither one happened, so I had to stick with the best player available on my draft board, and that was the Minnesota wide receiver. He is a week one starting NFL receiver as a rookie. Not the biggest, not the fastest, but big enough and fast enough and really an elite route runner, wins right at the line of scrimmage and gets open. He's going to be a great asset for Andy Dalton in Chicago and give me some insurance if I can't work out something long-term for Allen Robinson. I feel good about having Bateman for at least the next four years. He did go pass catcher. Rashad Bateman, University of Minnesota, the prolific pass catcher, threw down some serious workouts to Matt, I think, to solidify his first round status. Maybe not as big as a lot of people expected because he plays bigger than maybe his six feet 190 looked at his pro day, but he flat out flew, which maybe made up for a lack of size. And there might have been a reason why he was a little bit lighter at weigh-ins yeah. than he played throughout his career. Yeah, I would expect him to play at over 200 pounds at the next level. Um, I love Bateman. I, I think he's clearly the fourth receiver. Um, he, I'm a big believer. I mentioned Allen Robinson before. I think there's some similarities in their game. They, they don't have glaring weaknesses. They can go up and get the football. They're good separators. They can attack at all levels. So this makes sense. I mean, it, it gives them a pretty good group of receivers, including Cole Komet, and, and their running backs catch the ball pretty well too. So whatever five they put on the field should be pretty decent, you know, with Mooney as a guy to take the top off. Which brings us to the Indianapolis Colts at pick. 21. What do you see for the Colts? What do they need? They've been slightly less active than I expected throughout this entire offseason. I think it sets up really well for the Colts. I mean, a, a long cornerback to eventually replace Xavier Rhodes, and that's Newsom. Um, basically, your choice almost of edge pass rushers, you know, to kind of replace Justin Houston. You can even bring him back. Or the left tackle, which Jenkins, I know, has played right, but I think he'd be a left or even a Cosme. But Jenkins, I keep bringing up because I'm very, very fond of him, and I think he's a, a good fit. So any three of those directions for the Colts makes all kinds of sense to me. All right, while we await what happens with Indy at pick 21, let's break down the pick for the Bears of Rashad Bateman. It's Mully here from the Mully and Haw Morning Show on 670 The Score. Size and accuracy at Rashad Bateman's Pro Day. Any concerns with that? No. I don't believe there are great size concerns about Rashad Bateman. Bateman is a guy that was listed at six foot two and probably 210, and when he went to his Pro Day, he's basically a hair under six foot one and probably closer to 200 pounds. That's not great size, but he plays physical. If you watch him, there are plenty of circus catches. He's got good body control. He has enough suddenness as an athlete, and he ran a couple of sub 4.4 40-yard dashes, so you know he's got speed. Is it playing speed? Seems like he needs to kind of get under himself to get to top speed. While he's a great athlete, you wonder how it's going to work after the catch. That's always a concern. Michael Thomas has been mentioned, more like a Keenan Allen with smaller size and more speed. He's excellent at retrieving the ball at the catch point, really goes up and gets it. He was a high school basketball basketball player and led his team to a state title as a junior was actually a better junior than senior didn't play his senior year in basketball concentrated on football and got himself a scholarship offer at minnesota when he went to a camp as a junior never set foot in the state when pj fleck saw him in atlanta and gave him a scholarship offer he accepted it the sec came calling he stuck with minnesota and he had a great career there and he is a guy that is definitely going to be tough to handle in the nfl Rashad Bateman would fit in well with the Chicago Bears. The Bears have a definite need at wide receiver, not just in the immediate future, but in the future future. My God, it's a mess up there. You look at Allen Robinson. He is playing on a franchise tag. He is a really good NFL professional wide receiver. Unfortunately, they couldn't come up with any kind of long-term deal. He's on the franchise tag. You wonder if this is his final season with the Bears. You look at Darnell Mooney. He is probably their second best receiver 
speedy rookie. Got on the field quicker than expected, but health concerns are always a factor when a guy can't finish out a season. Anthony Miller has been wildly inconsistent. Reportedly, the Bears are trying to trade him. He is not a hot commodity around the league. Good luck trading him. Good luck getting anything in return. Javon Wims, they were contemplating cutting him after an incident last year. Disappointing player. You look at Riley Ridley, they spent a draft pick on him. Apparently, he's not good enough to get on the field. They need help at that position, and I think that Bateman would be a good pick. The problem for the Bears, of course, is they need help at multiple positions, and they got to get themselves a cornerback. they got to get themselves an offensive tackle. They have to get a quarterback. So, be great to get Bateman, but who's throwing to him, and who's throwing to him beyond this year if the Red Rifle is effectively on a one-year deal? So, Rashad Bateman fits with the Bears, just maybe not in this draft. When it comes to breaking down the college game, there's a lot to talk about with Rashad Bateman, who put up big-time numbers for the Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson, who covers the team for the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Golden Gophers. Let's break down Minnesota's Rashad Bateman, a receiver looking to get his name into the first round of this year's NFL Draft. Bateman's a receiver with a combination of size and speed that should have him contributing at the NFL level from week one. He has a 6'2", 210 frame that can get him across the field to be a tough tackle for a linebacker at the second level, but at the same time matches with the speed that can beat you down the sidelines for a deep ball as well. Bateman has what Lance Zerline called pro-ready hands, and at the same time the stats match that too. In 2019, his last full season with Minnesota, Bateman caught 63% of what Pro Football Focus calls contested passes that was on his way to being named Big Ten Receiver of the Year, by the way. The only big question with Bateman so far had been the speed off the line, but he silenced those haters with 40 times of 4.39 that he put once on his social media a while back and then matched at Minnesota's Pro Day a couple of weeks ago. After doing all of that, and putting up that kind of speed in the 40 as well, there's no reason why any team that's looking for a receiver in the second half of this first round wouldn't have a big file on Rashad Bateman going into draft day. We talked a little bit about what the Indianapolis Colts need, Matt, in this mock draft, and they're going to have to wait because it has oh. finally happened. There has been a trade. And if you remember all the way back at pick number 10, Marcus Mosher and Lanny McCool were talking about the Cowboys' selection of Patrick Sertan, and they said they would be working the phones. They were talking about how active they wanted to be, maybe to continue to add pieces to their defense is what they said, and now they have made a move. Pick 21, no longer the Colts on the clock. The Dallas Cowboys have moved up. They are ready to select at pick number 21, the Colts have sent number 21 to Dallas. The Cowboys will give up their second rounder, 44, third rounder, 75 and 99, and a third rounder in 2022. So a ton of day two picks going to the Colts to move out of round one. And now the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. They talked about looking for a defender. So if this is a defender, who is it, Matt? Wow, it's interesting. It's a great trade. And how many times on Peacock and Williamson we start talking draft ditties about how much the Colts love those day two picks. They, yeah. make, some, they make a ton of second-round picks mm-hmm. under this regime. So that makes sense. Um, you remember, I mean, Dallas, this defense is going to be based off the old Seattle model. So not a lot of blitz. They're going to need really active linebackers, and there's a couple available. Uh, Owosu Koromora really comes to mind. But mm-hmm. they have some linebackers in place. Um, they need to generate a pass rush, you know, preferably with the front four. They already added the corner. Jalen Phillips, to me, would probably be my pick if I was, you know, moving up to this spot. Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator in Dallas there. And yeah, that cover three scheme predicated on getting pressure with your front four. So absolutely pass rush is a need now for Dallas. You mentioned athletic linebackers. Awusu Koromoa absolutely would be a fit there. Let's see which defender Marcus Mosher and Landon McCool were targeting here with the trade up to 21 in the ultimate mock draft. I am Marcus Mosher with Landon McCool of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And with the 21st selection in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Aziz Ojalari, defensive end, Georgia. The Cowboys made this trade, uh, trading picks number 44, 75, and number 99. Landon, what are your thoughts on the pick? 
Uh, I, you know, I felt like we we both were uh, big fans of Zizo Jolari. We we had him in our top ten, uh, and once we knew that the Colts were interested in trading back, we wanted to make a move because we thought that, that there was an opportunity to get a player that was really high up on our board uh, that you could inject two of the best young defensive players from two of the best defensive conference in college football, and and suddenly make uh, the Cowboys defense, which was awful last year. Uh, a lot more viable with two superstars added to the top of it. And with the Cowboys having an extra compensatory pick, it allows them to be a little bit more aggressive in this draft, grabbing Patrick Sertan and Aziz Ojolari, arguably the best corner in the draft and the best defensive end. It's just a home run and it's a pick that we had to make. And now the Cowboys are set for the future with their starting defensive end and cornerback. Aziz Ojolari. The speedy hmm. edge rusher from the University of Georgia doesn't have size, but he has some length. 34-inch arms help his size play up, can come off the edge, can bring speed, and sometimes it takes edge rushers some time. He can gain a little bit of weight as he is maybe just a demon third down player for that Dallas Cowboys defense as a rookie. This makes some sense. I mean, you mentioned length, and we always think about the Seahawks system of corners having to meet the the arm length requirement and they don't want shorter guys but it's really true across the board in this this style of defense and i guess he's the the cliff averill type you know i was looking a little mm-hmm. bit more for the michael bennett type you know the bigger base defensive end but you know ojalari fits a bill i think the workouts in the postseason helped him out absolutely yeah. he's a young guy red shirt sophomore and uh it still has some work to do but he's got some pass rush skills already and I think this is the right portion of round one for him to go. Ojolari, I think a top three rusher in this class if you're looking for that style of edge rusher, someone who can stand up, someone who can put her hand in the dirt a little bit on third downs and uh, come and get quarterbacks off the edge. By the way, if you're looking for that Indianapolis Colts pick, they're still going to select here. Every team will be represented the final day, day six of this mock draft. We'll look into some of those selections now with Indianapolis at pick 44. The Seattle Seahawks don't have a first rounder. They're not coming up until 56. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams picking in the second round. And Houston got to go all the way to round three to project who they might be selecting. We will hear from all of those hosts making picks in this mock draft for those teams at the end of this draft. And who knows, maybe Indy or one of those teams could still move their way back into the end of round one because trades are absolutely allowed and encouraged in this mock draft, Michael Irvin putting in work as he did in his NFL career, moving the chains. He is a go-to guy, and he's go-to for us in this mock draft. Michael Irvin getting a chance to break down another Dallas Cowboys first-round selection in this ultimate mock draft. The Dallas Cowboys are building that defense. They're starting in the secondary, working towards the linebackers, and now they are start after this pick focusing on getting some pass rushing help. Let's remember what I said before. You can always find pass rushers. This is a great pick to solidify the middle of that defense. Covering the Georgia Bulldogs for the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bulldogs host Clint Shamblin on the player Aziz Ojalari quickly became at the University of Georgia. This is Clint from Locked On Bulldogs. Here, with your draft preview of Aziz Ojolari. Aziz is the best edge defender in this year's draft. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. While at Georgia, he made impressive gains coming off the edge, destroying opponents, namely, look at the Cincinnati tape. When you go back to that bowl game against Cincinnati, Aziz was everywhere, pressuring the quarterback, getting sacks, setting the edge against the run. And if you don't think Aziz can set the edge on the run, Look at the Alabama game in which he cracked down on any pulling guard, any kick out block that was coming his way. Aziz is the full package. We liken him to a Shaq Barrett type player who's going to use his speed coming off the edge. He has about the same size and frame as Shaq Barrett of the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whatever team gets him, if he lasts until the 22nd, 25th, 26th pick, count your lucky stars because you are getting the best edge defender in this year's draft. We are on record as saying that he might become the second best UGA defender in the NFL, right behind Roquan Smith of the Chicago Bears. What ceiling he has, Aziz has as well. The final selection of day four will be made by the Tennessee Titans and Locked On Titans host Tyler Rowland at pick 22 next. 
Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of the Draft Dudes podcast. Two more picks in the queue now. Chicago Bears drafting wide receiver Rashad Bateman from the University of Minnesota. I really like this football player. You watch him run his routes. I think he's really developed as a route runner. He's got natural hands. He's fearless over the middle of the field. He does a lot of the dirty work. I think a a city like Chicago, who loves tough, hard-nosed football players, is really going to embrace what Rashad Bateman can bring to the field. Although reports did suggest to me that Chicago was making phone calls about exploring the chance to trade up for a quarterback. So that's the big question for Chicago. That position long-term remains unanswered. But Rashad Bateman will help the supporting cast of whoever is throwing passes there. The Dallas Cowboys got real serious about fixing this defense. After they get Patrick Sertain the second earlier in the draft, they make a big move up coming back into the first round all the way to 21 to get Georgia edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. And I love Ojolari. He is a, a really good football player. Burst, bend, length off the edge. He's a little undersized, but don't think this guy can't play the run. Watch him play against Alabama and, and Auburn and the way he squeezes gaps and uh, is willing to flat back pullers in the gaps. And so I think it's definitely an aggressive move, but it's a big time need for this Dallas Cowboys team that is, you know, it has Dak Prescott back. They have all those good wide receivers, all that talent on offense. They need to get this defense to catch up. And so two big moves here to get two of the better prospects defensively in this year's class. It's definitely aggressive, but, you know, you kind of look at the landscape of the NFC. Dallas probably thinks they're ready to uh, make some noise and solidifying that defense was critical for that to be the case. Looking at the Tennessee Titans as they go on the clock here in the 22nd pick of the Ultimate Mock Draft, Matt, and some key losses in Tennessee. Are they going to be chasing their own tail, looking to replace players they lost in free agency? You just go on BPA here. What's the thought process for the Titans as Tyler Rowland gets ready to make this pick at 22? Yeah, I don't envy Tyler here. I think it, there's a lot of directions I would consider. You know, maybe a Terrence Marshall to sort of replace Corey Davis, mm. as you mentioned. I love Elijah Moore, too. You know, I mean, just, he, he's not the size guy that they usually employ, but interesting player. Uh, There's not really a tight end that I would be jumping up and down for. But the defense got a pretty good overhaul with their pass defense. Does it need to stop now? Could you grab another edge rusher like Phillips to to match with Bud Dupree and mix in? Or Rousseau, who could bump inside? Or is this where Barmore falls? He's been linked to them a couple times. Um, Or probably the best defensive player available, I think, is Phillips. But I think Newsom's also still out there, and they could really – Add to the corner room. The Titans whiffed on a late round offensive tackle last year. Do you think they might go back to the well there and try to get some uh, some size? Thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Thought about Jenkins as well because he's the master in their their mold and probably a better prospect than Wilson was last year. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So just you know fix <laughs> fix that mistake and move on. Yeah, that would not be a bad idea at all. I could absolutely he fits see their that. persona. Yeah. Uh, the pick is in. Let's go to Tyler Rowland, the host of Locked On Titans, with the selection at twenty two in the ultimate mock draft. Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked On Titans podcast, making the Tennessee Titans first round pick in the 2021 Locked On NFL mock draft. And with the 22nd overall pick, the Tennessee Titans select Gregory Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern. Newsom is a six foot, 192 pound junior who provides good length and athleticism at the position. He has a feisty and competitive play style out on the field, and he also provides the Titans scheme versatility, having experience playing press man coverage, cover three, and cover four quarters during his time at Northwestern. Now, Newsom will need to add some weight to his frame to stand up against the physicality of the NFL after having some durability concerns in college. But pairing Newsom and second-year cornerback Christian Fulton together gives the Titans a very solid, long-term future at a position of need. Now, from the Titans' perspective, I did try to make a move up the board to get one of the top four pass catchers in the draft or one of the top two cornerbacks, but a deal did not materialize. Left with the positions available at number 22, I also attempted to make a move down the board to try to get more value at offensive tackle or at wide receiver, but those deals did not come together either, leaving the Titans at pick 22, taking a solid value with Gregory Newsom and addressing a major position of need. 
Going with the cornerback, the long, fast corner from Northwestern, a star on that defense, one of the better defenses in college football last year. Greg Newsom has really gained steam throughout the draft process and be shocked if he's not a first rounder at this point now and a clear top four corner in this class, maybe top three cornerback in this class. Tyler making the selection of Greg Newsom at 22, Matt. What are your thoughts on his fit with the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I agree that there's a tear break after Newsom and Wow. I mean, they've gone all in to upgrade their pass defense, and the corner room is much different than it was two years ago. Big physical guy, a lot of upside should start from the beginning. It makes sense. Again, there's a lot of directions they could have went, and I really wouldn't have condemned them for any of them. He made one of the plays of the year. I, I've been watching a lot of the quarterbacks, obviously, as I cover the 49ers, and they have the third pick in this draft. And Justin Fields, one of his bad games was against Northwestern, and they have such a good defense. And I was blown away by Newsom in that game. He made this crazy interception. It's like sometimes you got to tip your cap because the guys on the other side are good too. And Newsom is absolutely one of those. Oh, yes, he, he is. I mean, his name really seemed to skyrocket up boards, you know, I mean, for the draft Knicks. And he had a great combine, or not combine, his pro day. I mean, he had a great workout. But his film is very, very strong. Brings a lot to the table. I mean, he's a first-round pick all day long. Jason Smith, one of our Odyssey experts. Greg Newsom to the Tennessee Titans at 22. You know, I think this is too talented a crop of corners to put Newsom at the top of the class. But I do think Newsom, yes, because of the, the physical traits and ability to play any scheme, uh, and the NFL is going to be the third or fourth cornerback selected in the first round. Scouts love his IQ coming out of Northwestern. They love his aggressiveness at six foot, 192 pounds. Opposing quarterbacks get this average to passer rating of just 31.7 over Newsom's entire career at Northwestern. That, that's elite. Only Virginia Tech's Caleb Farley was better in that department among the draft's top scorers. One of the things that does concern you about Newsom is his durability. He played in just 21 games over his three-year college career, missed 14 due to injuries, so he's got to stay healthy over now, even longer NFL season. But Newsom's a guy who should be able to contribute right away to the team that picks him, possibly as a day-one starter. Newsom would fit in perfectly with the Titans, though you wonder if Mike Vrabel might be tempted to take a wide receiver or maybe another offensive weapon at number 22, having lost former first-round pick Corey Davis this offseason, a wide receiver to the Jets. But cornerback is a need as well for the Titans, obviously, particularly a shutdown corner. And Newsom could eventually be that for a revamped Tennessee secondary whose expected starters at corner right now are veteran addition Janoris Jenkins and second-year man Christian Fulton. The Titans took Fulton in the second round of last year's draft and still obviously have high hopes for him. But Fulton was in six games, appeared in just six games last year before having his season cut short due to injury. The point is, he remains unproven. Newsom's ability to plug in, be able to be plugged in and play right away in any system, any scheme, as one of the three or four highest-rated cornerbacks in the draft out of Northwestern, makes him an appealing enough option that I think Vrabel will seriously consider drafting defense in the first round for the third time in four years, and maybe it's Newsom. Ben Stevens, covering the Big Ten for the Locked On Podcast Network, has watched plenty of Greg Newsom and will break down his abilities, what he will bring to the Tennessee Titans defense as host of Locked On Big Ten. I'm Ben Stevens of the Locked On Big Ten podcast. And from one of the best defenses in the Big Ten in 2020 comes one of the best cornerback prospects in the 2021 NFL Draft. And Greg Newsom II out of Northwestern. Newsom II has a skill set that NFL teams love. He has strong ball skills on the perimeter, matched with great length and athleticism on the outside as well. He is also known for having high instincts, part of the reason he was a first-team All-Big Ten selection during the 2020 college football season. He did have some injury concerns at the collegiate level. He never played a full college football season during his time for the Northwestern Wildcats. But despite that, I think Greg Newsom II translates to be a good lockdown cornerback on the outside in the National Football League. What's up, everybody? Trevor and Ben here from Locked On NFL Draft. The review, just one pick. We're talking about the Tennessee Titans, and I guess that means that it was an impactful pick. Actually, this is one that we really like. It's Greg Newsom going to the Titans at number 22. And Ben, I feel like when you look at what the Titans have done this past offseason, moving on from Malcolm Butler, moving on from Kenny Vaccaro, moving on from Adoree Jackson, it felt like a secondary pick was very possible for them here at 22. Absolutely. Uh, the need at corner only pales in comparison to the need at wide receiver right. on this board, right? It, it, it's a worthy debate, but I think Greg Newsom's probably your best player left at these big time positions of needs. Terrace Marshall, 
maybe is that guy for the selection. I would totally have loved it. But Newsom, such a versatile corner, such a smart corner, going to be able to give you a lot of different coverage shells. Right now for Tennessee, with no real locked-in talent at corner, you get a guy who's going to be versatile for you. He can track number ones. He can play zone. That's going to let you experiment on defense. Yeah. Hopefully find a solution for this group. Man, Rashad Bateman was, was if he was on the board, he would have been tempting, but Chicago took him at number 20. So with Bateman off the board, I think this one was pretty easy knowing that uh, Greg Newsom, the guy who played at Northwestern, um, doesn't have to travel too far to Tennessee, and he's got a starting role. Of the five selections we saw today, Matt, Miami, Washington, Chicago, Dallas, Tennessee, did any big winners or losers jump out to you, whether it's teams or players on those teams? Hmm. How about the two NFC East defenses? I I think Washington already had a great defense. And as I mentioned, when they made the pick of Parsons, might go to the best one in the league. You know, I mean, a shutdown dominant on all three levels type of defense where Dallas goes from an ugly, mistake-ridden, <laughs> under-manned you know, unit to maybe a respectable defense with two picks in the first round and being aggressive to go get Ojolari. I actually really like the aggressive nature of that trade-up for the Dallas Cowboys, too. I agree with you because corners and pass rushers, edge rushers, those are things that are very hard to find in the free agent market. Yeah. You have to draft them and you usually have to draft them really high because there's usually a standard of athleticism you're looking for with those positions and their first round type positions. So they went to go get that in the first round and assure themselves that they had the right amount of cover guys with the with the length and skills they're looking for. Perfect fit for Sertan and then Aziz Ojolari to come off the edge and create pressure for Dan Quinn's defense in Dallas. So I agree with you there with the Cowboys, what they were able to do. And I think a loser in all of this, I, I kind of crushed. And Kyle Krabs is is an amazing draft analyst, and I love talking with him, and he's such a smart guy. I'm surprised by the selections of Waddle and Najee Harris. I don't think positional value is there at 6 and 18 with these picks. So I would have to consider the Miami Dolphins here losers. They got two good players. I just think you could make more out of those two first-round selections. I'm more of a draft running back high guy than you are, and I'm very, very fond of Najee Harris, and Kyle knows the draft better than both of us and better than just about anybody. I just thought it was a somewhat wasted opportunity to grab one of those difference maker linebackers or really invest in the offensive line. You know who's a dark horse winner in all of this, I think, is maybe some of the teams coming up that are looking for uh, an edge rusher because the guy you mentioned, Jalen Phillips, who might be the most talented defensive end in this class. If he passes your team's medical, I think teams are going to be jumping all over him on day five of this mock draft. Travis ATN is still out there. Maybe a more dynamic running back than Najee Harris. There's still um, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who might be the overall yeah. best defender that that is somewhat positionless. Depending on what kind of defense you run, if you can fit him in, you might get big rewards with that kind of defender here. And uh, maybe a couple other dynamic receivers out there as well for teams here as we finish up this mock draft. So it's going to be fun to see how the end of the first round turns out. New York Jets are now officially on the clock for Day number five in the ultimate mock draft at pick 23. We'll find out which direction they go along with the Steelers, Jacksonville's second selection in this, Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans tomorrow on the ultimate mock draft 2021.